Live from Kalaloo Studios in New York City, you are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Kishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Part inspiration, part sit down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kashana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. And now let's take this offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Rochelle Sadipo is the founder and creative director of Rose Red, etc., a creative services agency. Rochelle is a self-proclaimed hyphen hopper, and she is also a fine artist, singer, songwriter, and paper crafter. Rochelle has a world of advice for her clients and is the secret sauce in helping her clients go from blob brands to booming brands. All right, what's up, Fab Crew? We are back in the studio, and I am like, y'all, I am jumping up and down. Well, you can't hear me jumping up and down, y'all, because it's real quiet, but I am jumping up and down because today I get to hang out with one of my best friends in the whole world, Rochelle. Rochelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, friend. Hey, Fab Crew. Listen, I said I wasn't going to do a near episode uh, without having you pop your head in. And I said, well, since you don't live in the same city as me, we you couldn't come over here and cut up. So I said, we're going to do the next best thing. And we're going to talk about um, all of the, the shenanigans and the chicanery uh, about what... And tomfoolery. And don't forget the tomfoolery that happens <laughs> when you are leading some things. So Rochelle, you know, you and I both are growing our companies. And who would have known just a, uh, what, what, four short years ago? That we would be talking mm-hmm. about you having an agency and me growing Kashana and Co. Um, and your agency, Rose Red, et cetera, is fly. I just want you to know. Um, and not just some of your friend. It's just like all the way fly. But it comes with stuff. And one of the things that you were getting on me the other day about was the fact that I don't get enough sleep. And you actually started a routine that I was like, okay, I see your routine, raise you one. Um, on how you start your day that I just want you to talk about because it, it's intense in the best way, but it takes some discipline and focus. So word on the street is you get up most days about 4.30 in the morning. That's right. I get up at 4.30 in the morning and immediately I am going into prayer and meditation because, you know, that's kind of what we all do, right? You lay there mm-hmm. and you open your eyes and mm-hmm. you you express some form of gratitude. And I realized that a lot of my stresses in life were coming from ingratitude, just mm-hmm. not being able to see what I had cultivated. And, you know, Kashana, you and I talk about ingratitude a lot. We talk about, we remind each other. That's how it manifests in our conversation. We remind each other about, now, I know you feel this way about XYZ circumstance, but I would just like to recall to your attention, you know, these beautiful things that are happening in your life. And so um, at 4.30 in the morning, while the house is still, and I have the lay of the land, so to speak, 
that's when I start uh, my meditative practice. And I don't, I don't um, slip into meditation in just one way. Sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, a narration. Sometimes I go into, if you're into uh, vinyasha yoga, then sometimes I go into savasana, which is just laying on my back and just being mindful of my breath. And I kind of slip into it in that way. And then after I meditate, I read. Uh, you know, as CEOs, we need lots and lots of education, but sometimes it's not education for business, but sometimes it's education for the soul and for the spirit. And, um, you know, I told you recently, I'm revisiting Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Yes. That's when I fell in love with English in 10th grade. Oh my gosh. Um, but you fancy the Rochelle, okay? So you talking about, you fell in love with Jane Eyre. I fell in love with Eric Jerome Dickey. May he rest in peace. Okay. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, the, and listen, and the other day I was talking to one of our other friends um, about the fact that it was such a formative, a formative uh, body of work uh, when I was in high school. I probably ended in high school into high school. And I know I should have been reading all the other stuff. I just want you to know. I read whatever the, my English teacher told me, y'all. But nothing stuck to my ribs the way he did. And so, but you, you know, you fancy and your lexicon is quite so sophisticated. <laughs> you know, sophisticated. Me on the other but hand, I'd be like, what? look at y'all. You know what? <laughs> uh-uh. Aaron Jerome Dickey really was before his time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just as a side note, in a, in a rabbit hole, a lot of the things that people feel very free and very liberated uh, in regards to now with sexuality, you know, he was broaching those topics at a time where, you know, you had to almost be clandestine with your reading. You know, you had to wrap it up in a paper bag and read it on the subway or, you know, like you Absolutely. Um, you know, just so he was exploring the relationships that now, you know, are not counterculture in our, in our society. So, you know, he was definitely killing the game. And you were reading that in high school, you say? Girl, I was reading it in high school and my mind was a dipping and a diving. My 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 libido was like, Hello. All my little woobly bits were like, oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> Listen, and I know people out there, y'all know y'all was under the covers just reading all type of salacious types of literature. You know what I'm saying? Um, who wasn't reading Elin Harris? What? I was reading Jane Eyre. I was reading Jane Eyre. But you know what? The the romance, the, the um, traditional, like the classic romances were just as salacious to me. Listen. They just didn't have, you know, the, that particular vernacular. You know. <laughs> when when the head more, brushed the shoulder. Colloquial. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, ca- caress the... the Caress her heaving bosom. Yes, that's be my favorite. Somebody caress my heaving bosom. But this, you know, speaking of reading and the fact that you're getting back to it now, like one of the things that I think that happens to us, particularly as we rise in the ranks, whether you're rising in the ranks at your organization or your company, or to be frank, if you're rising in the ranks of the thing you created, because, you know, you'd be like washing dishes, cleaning the floors, typing the papers, you know, pushing the pixels, you know, doing all the things. And so you actually have to rise through the ranks, even as an entrepreneur of your own stuff. So everybody got to rise up. And I think that one of the first things that we do is we let go of the things that bring us pleasure for no reason other than the fact that they please us, you know? Oh, you said a mouthful. I think, and I have to tell you that I think that is so deeply rooted, especially for, um, just for my experience as a, you know, black woman that was raised by a black woman. Mm -hmm. There's something about hard work in, in the hard work pieces. It's not, 
real or valid or well-earned unless you are self-sacrificing and you become a martyr for your ascension, like you said, whether it's an organization or your own, um, you know, consultancy or business, yes. you know, you have to become a martyr for it and being becoming a martyr, uh, you know, can manifest itself in several ways. But I think the first thing that we lay on the pyre to burn is, the uh, our, the things that bring us joy, the things that bring us peace, and the things that help anchor uh, help us anchor ourselves. And so, to your point, you know, we sacrifice those things, and um, it really colors our day. It colors our experience. That's what I'm looking for. It colors our experience in in our businesses and in our careers. What do you think about your own journey through? you know, coming back into yourself and the things that bring you joy. Because I just want to let everybody know that Kashana is real deep into Pilates, but I would like to challenge her on this podcast episode and say that Pilates is something that she does for, out of a duty to herself, but not something that she does for um, self-enjoyment and pleasure. So, Kashana, what do you think about Ooh. your journey and for in self-care and loving yourself and all that good stuff? I mean, you just... You know, first of all, you don't have no right to be knocking me sideways so early in the darn morning, okay? Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I mean, gee whiz. So the first thing that you said that really um, struck me was self-care as a duty. And so there's a lot um, that I've been reading up about, you know, how to move from self-care that is sort of like rote and check the box, which I think I did for a very long time. I was very good at being like, here's the prescription that I uh, take in order to be able to say, check the box, I've taken care of myself and that I would do things out of obligation. And I think there's nothing wrong with having an obligation and responsibility to yourself first before you can ask others to have to take responsibility for their stuff as it pertains to you. So I don't think there's nothing wrong with it per se, but where it gets twisted and how I got myself twisted was that I would be getting in the car like, oh, I got to go to Pilates, <laughs> even though I love it once I'm on the mat or I'm on the reformer. Like I just would be just dread, dread. And every time I would hear someone talk about how much they love going to whatever their pursuit is, you know, how much they love getting on a Peloton bike, you know, y'all, I bought a whole water rower, Okay. And Sanai, since she couldn't swim, um, you know, the queen Ager, she is um, at home with me. She couldn't swim anymore on her swim team. I put the, her on the rower. She's in there, so sweating the box. I'm walking past the room every day like, God, you know, I really do got to go in there. So I never really had the, like, euphoric enjoyment of the, like, exercise portion of the program. But I know that if I don't do that thing, that I'm essentially writing a check to cash that I'm going to fall apart. And so my step back and kind of like reframing that I had to do. So this is like when you go from, you know, Rochelle, when you take that little crash course, that little one hour and you're like, ooh, and they get a little certificate. I was there on self-care. Yeah. I had to go back and get into an all semester intensive on yeah. what it means to actually step away from my computer, close it, close the door. And really focus on myself and not rush myself, not multitask myself, because I would be trying to like, you know, I'm going to do go get my nails done while I talk on the phone and have three meetings and talk in the car and do so. And so like, there was never a time where I was doing one thing just for the love of doing that one thing without including three, four, five, six, seven other things at the same time. And just feeling really prideful on the inside, like, oh, you know, I can multitask like the best of them. I can't. 
Okay, I have the attention span of a gnat. So how it is rolling up to me now is um, going back to the basics. And I, you and I were talking about this the other day about blocking time on our calendar. So I had to actually lean into and put a smile on my face. You know, when you do sales or you're talking to your clients or you're talking to your donors or you're talking to your customers, you know, one of the oldest sales tricks in the book is you have to put a smile on your face before you pick up the phone because you just sound different when you're doing that. So I had to approach my care of myself in the same way, put a smile on my face as I started to go through the routine of blocking my calendar properly, deciding what days I'm going to do what, having a hard stop, which for me is a hard boundary for me to enforce on myself. And then I inserted pleasure in the daytime as opposed to when I can get it in. And for me right now, that is taking voice lessons and learning how to play the piano. And child, I don't know what over 40 person is listening to this right now where you're like, you're learning to play the piano at 40 odd years old. Yep. Mary had a little lamb. Dum, 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 dum. That's where I am right now. Um, and so f- to answer your question fully, I think being able to find joy in the structure that allows me to know when I can plug in and plug out, when I can give time to myself and not, actually gave me more freedom than when I was just winging it to and fro here and there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that people really struggle with is adding it to your calendar because it, mm-hmm. because it feels like it should be organic. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, you mean to tell me I can't, I can certainly find 30 minutes in my day to crack a book. Actually, if you're somebody who is running a family and even if you're a caregiver for, for parents or, you know, another mm-hmm. loved one, whatever, we're all very, very busy. And so it's not bad to stack that stuff up on your calendar and then make the commitment to yourself that you're going to honor the time that you set. And yes. now if it just doesn't work, it doesn't work. But it should not be, you know, because we've done the thing where, okay, I'm going to pay somebody to do my calendar. You pay mm-hmm. them and then you mm-hmm. ignore it. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I spent, you know, $1,500 to get somebody to do this for me and now I'm going to ignore it because, oh, I've got to get this deadline or, you know, and, and I want to share something that is going to be hard to say. But it's going to be so helpful for us all. And I even need to hear it come out of my mouth. Yes. If you die, the person who contracted you or the person who hired you or that company that hired you, they're going to replace you. Replaced. They will hold, they will hire grief counselors to aid your coworkers in dealing with your loss. They will attend your memorial and send your family a beautiful floral arrangement. They will post something beautiful and and eloquent on social media about you. But the next thing they do is they're going to replace you because yes. nobody can hold space for somebody that isn't there. So hold space for yourself because at the end of the day, that yourself is what you need in order to be able to climb the ladder on your, your you know, your chosen ladder. Uh, your ladder of choice, rather. You are what you need. So don't put yourself off because you've got looming deadlines. And, you know, this is another thing we talk about, Fashana. You've got to be better at time management in Ooh. order to be there for yourself. Because and- if you don't manage your time, then you're not going to be able to care for yourself and do all these amazing things on your calendar. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, time management to me is one of the things that we talk at. 
but we not getting in it, you know? So that we're sitting on the edge oh, of the pool, just yeah. a dipping our toe in, just a flipping and a flapping in the water around. Mm. But as leaders, I think that the more busy we become, the more we say we need to really be judicious with our time. You know, right now, what do we say? I'm going to need to protect my energy. We do all of that. Yeah. But when no one is looking, what is slipping away from you in time? And I, for me, listen... There have been days when I've looked at my work blocks and I'm like, okay, so in this two hour work block, I need to write this many things. I need to send this many emails. And then I don't have notifications on my phone um, for any of the social apps I'm on. That doesn't stop me from looking. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, I have gone down a rabbit hole of targeted ads and, oh, I forgot to do this thing here. Ooh, if I just make this one phone call and my, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Like I told y'all, sometimes I'll be having an attention span of a net. And so that alone pulls me out of the very thing that I created to keep me focused so I can be freed up in my free time. And so I think we have to get really clear about what about the time management, because there's definitely systems and definitely, you know, schools of thought about how to do time management well. But you have to figure out what piece of the time management puzzle never really fits for you. And why? And then solve for that thing. Because it may not be that you don't make lists. It may not be that you don't have color-coded time blocks like we do on our calendar. It may not be because you don't have somebody to help support you on that work. It could be something entirely different. Like you have things on your calendar you're really not supposed to do. You're not, you don't want to do them. They're not in your zone of genius. They're probably not your job. You probably should have delegated that thing or not picked it up at all. And so, therefore, it is becoming a time suck you need to manage on your calendar, which pulls you further and further away from the very thing you desire, which is to be freed up enough to pursue things that bring you joy. Even if you tell me that your work brings you joy, because I love work. Work is my comfort. If something is happening, I'd be like, you know what I can go do? Grab my laptop and work. Because it's I know it happens there. But if you want to actually have a life, not perform a life outside of your Ah. career, your uh, entrepreneurial pursuits, then you actually have to find out where is the thing that the puzzle piece doesn't fit. And so for me, that that's where I am in the thick of it at this very moment. Well, I have to tell you a couple of things. The first thing is everybody, and I just recently told you about this. I feel like every week I'm telling Tashana about a new book. Um, (laughs) You read more books than I do. This week is is a book called Who Not How, um, and Who Not How is all about who you need to hire to get the things done. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's called Who Not How is because oftentimes we think about how do I get this done as opposed to who can do this for me. Mm-hmm. And that plays into that you know I'm not in my zone of genius, or you know if you if you're uh, if you're a Michael Hyatt acolyte, then you may say I'm in my drudgery zone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that you need someone to aid you because we cannot do it all. And that person no. may be amazing at those 17 things that are taking, you know, all day to get done. And therefore, now your time management is a scant and a few. Now, the other thing I want to say is that, and I've, and I've been talking to you a lot about this, Kishana, I have started to structure my life and my business according to the person I am now and not some aspirational person Woo! that I want to be. Ooh. So you know what that means? That means I use, you know, I have two Instapods, one nine quart, one six quart. I have an uh, all-purpose hair fryer. I have, you know, uh, I have 
cast uh, uh, ceramic coated um, Le Creuset style because it's not Le Creuset, but fancy. style you know Dutch oven you know all the way from three quart to twelve quart. Like I've got every gadget, but I don't. I'm time poor. I'm time poor. So we started hiring different companies to do the meal meal prepping mm-hmm. and the meal planning. Um, and now I cook one day a week and the other day a week, you know, we go and, and grab takeout because my life is not set up for me to be Betty Crocker, although I would love to because I jo- enjoy watching my family take that first spoonful of food or fourth mm-hmm. spoonful of food and, you know, and, and give me the oohs and the ahs, you know, associated with those beautiful flavors that come from my kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, when they hit mm-hmm. the palate. But the reality is so I'm not there yet. I'm not there right now. So I have to be cognizant of that and I have to build my schedule and my expectation for the person I am right now and the business I have right now. And that is our issue. I think we live in 30 pounds from now. We live in when my student loan debt is paid off. We live in once I satisfy this tax debt. The journey is your life, you know? So if the journey is your life, that means it's day to day. You gotta learn to relish in the journey and prepare for the journey ahead, not the journey that's six years from now. Um, and I think that will help a lot of us with time management. It is completely revolutionized, revolutionized the way that I operate on a daily basis because even though I'm working towards myriad goals, I still give myself the opportunity to be in the now. And so now that I'm saying that to you out loud in front of all of the fab crew, does it hit different? Oh my gosh. And it, what? And here's what came up for me. You know, um, sometime in December of, of 2020, I, uh, maybe it was earlier. No, in October of 2020, I decided to blow up my business. And so, you know that because you were there at the meeting where I was like, and everybody is fired. I quit. And, if, and, and <laughs> all the entire team of contractors and employees and everybody. And, you know, you sitting as my advisor there. Um, you were like, what now? And then you were like, it's about time. And I had to take a journey first with myself. And every week you'd be like, have you spent time with yourself? Where are you about how you want to show up in the world right now and what you want to be doing right now? And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have client stuff to do. And I would just keep trudging along through the work that I had in front of me. But I just could not find my way to what was next. Like I couldn't see out far enough. And then I read this book about um, black called black things, black sheep values. And it talked about the idea that when we're thinking about our values and when we're thinking about purpose, that we put so much emphasis on what our purpose is that we don't really realize that our values, our purpose are our values in action. And I'm paraphrasing. He, 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 he kind of flipped it a little bit differently, but that's what stuck with me. Our values are, our purpose is our, uh, values, all of them in action. The challenge is, y'all, our values, some of us don't really know what they are. Others of us have values that are actually, to your point, aspirational. They after my liposurgery, okay? They after mm-hmm. I got a trainer and had been in the gym and did CrossFit, keto, um, Whole30 and everything else. They're after and so they're aspirational as opposed to what do you believe and where are you going to dig your heels in right now? Today, mm-hmm. what are you fighting for today? And then how yeah. do you action that? And then going one step further, then if you understand that your 
purpose are your values in action, then you also understand that in each season of your life, it's going to show up a little different. Your mission is going to be a little different. What you need to focus on is going to be a little different. And so you are going to deprioritize and prioritize things sort of like, you know, our lives are actually more sophisticated, Rochelle, like the, like the Panama Canal, you know, we're just ebbing and flowing and dipping and diving through the locks. And if you've never seen how the Panama Canal looks and how sophisticated it is, y'all, y'all need to go and check that out because literally it's amazing. It's amazing. And also it's treacherous, right? Which is why there's a very special um, team of um, Navy folks from each of the uh, the navies around the world that know how to navigate that particular terrain. And so when you are navigating the terrain of your life, the thing I have to remind myself is, am I training for that? Or am I training for the lazy river where I just hop in a little round thing, you know, like at the amusement park, Rochelle, and you just a woo, oh, yeah. just a to and fro. <laughs> so when I think about the now, now feels scary. Now feels like there's so much uncertainty and not just because of the zombie apocalypse, y'all. Okay. Also known as the global pandemic, but it feels scary because my underneath my feet, the plates are shifting and I have to make decisions with a limited amount of actual information and a hell of amount of belief and faith and trust in the vision that I have for what needs to happen at a point in the future that I can't see yet. So, so, so the now, the now feels like, hurry up. The now feels like, let me get to the next step. The now feels like, oh my God, I can't do this, fill in the blank, whatever the activity is that you really want to do, but you feel like you can't do because you got to do this other thing that's going to make you feel guilty about the thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so it just, it ends up pushing you to this place of dysfunction. And when you can't slow down enough in the now, because you could be on cruise control and not doing nothing with your life. You could also be in the HOV lane, hitting the Dougie and going pretty quickly on the highway. You could also take some side streets. Like each of us at a different season of our life are going to have to approach the road differently. But if you are not clear on what road you're on now and why, then how that shows up is in dysfunction. What do you think about that? Listen, well, I there there are several things. You see how we volley these balls over. What do you think about that? <laughs> so, so the first thing is I want to bring up two books. The first book is Who's in Your Room, mm. uh, and the second book is okay. uh, Atomic Habits. Mm. Um, now, Who's in Your Room? Of the only, I mean, this is a great read about like if you knew that the people and the experiences that you allowed into your life stayed there for forever and could never leave, would you make the same choices? And of course the answer is no. This is no. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have dated this dude. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have taken this job opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it it's a book about becoming discerning about who you allow mm-hmm. into your room because there's one door in. Mm-hmm. Now you can leave people on your porch, you can put people up on the shelf, you can put people in the attic. But the people who are in your room, meaning the people that are in closest proximity to you, need to go through several barriers. And the reason why I'm bringing this this up is that I'm bringing this book up for this one small little thing. They talk about cultivating your day-to-day values and your aspirational values. So big part of understanding where you are on that road that you're talking about, Fashana, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is understanding what your value system is. And to your point, a lot of people don't know that because we equate values to spirituality. And that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about 
your your way of life, your personal moral code, your personal code of ethics. And you can have some aspirational things and you can have some, you know, day to day things that are in action right now. I think that's the first thing, you know, and I think that book is an easy listen on uh, Audible and you can uh, quickly jot down their framework and and begin cultivating those aspirational and those day-to-day values. And then that second book, which is Atomic Habits by James Clear, James Clear is speaking about something that we all need as it pertains to what we're talking about, which is understanding that any change that we make in our life is aggregate. Mm Mm-hmm. It's aggregate. It happens one drop at a time. You ever see, you know, as a kid, you may have left some like a little bowl outside of your, you know, your Barbie dream house and, and it started raining and, and there was just like a little shallow covering of water in that tiny little bowl or vessel. And then mm-hmm. you come back after the storm and it's full all the way to the top because each little raindrop contributed to to now this body of water that's existing in your Barbie dream house cup or your My Little Pony cup. And that is very much how it happens with everything that we're doing in our lives. So when we're talking about, you know, honoring ourselves and setting a trajectory and staying on that trajectory and and understanding that even if we meander and we take a byway or a highway, Mm -hmm. that we still go back to the super speedway of our of our plan. I think we need to understand that all of the major shifts that we want to make are aggregate. And this is the last piece that I'm going to say um, before I volley the ball back over to you, Kashana is we need to come off social in order to be able to do this. Now, I know how important social is, but I think that social is like money in so much that it magnifies or amplifies what's already there. So if Mm -hmm. you're already struggling with some inadequate and that feelings of inadequacy, because, you know, and I'm going to speak for myself, you know, you have one credit hour left in school. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a a sorority that you wanted to be a part of. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you felt as though you joined that sorority, then you would have all the social capital you needed to be a proper lady, proper Southern lady. (laughs) In my case, (laughs) Um, you know, you know, all of these, all of these, you know, these, what we perceive to be failings in our lives, um, you know, we, we bring those insecurities to social and, and, and more often than not, social does not feed us in terms of getting us on the path of um, let me reconcile with my emotions and, 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 and chart a course forward. Social amplifies those insecurities. Oh, my God, there's that girl who was in the dorm with oh my me. Gosh. And oh my look gosh. at her. She, you know, she she's married with 2.3 kids and, and a dog. And oh my she, gosh. Has a, she has a goat. She has a goat farm. And, you know, like, and you they're, know they're, they, they made their family photos on time again this year right, with matching outfits. How they remember butter. they made their own butter. Oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, you know, I think coming off of social and, and don't get me wrong, you know, Kashana and I both utilize social media in order to be able to grow our businesses and our networks and I think that's very healthy but I think there is a very thin line between its usefulness and its harmfulness and I think that in order when you are setting goals and you are planning your trajectory um, according to all these metrics that we've kind of laid out during the course of our conversation I think you're going to have to take a sabbatical from social media because those ideas and feelings are not your own they're not you know, it's like a global consciousness and a global collective. And, you know, we're fooling ourselves. We don't believe that all those feelings. And I think we call we, we coined it uh, emotional contagion. Mm-hmm. It's an mm-hmm. emotional contagion that permeates that screen uh, and, and, you know, gets into our spirit. So what do you think, Kashana, about the way that we uh, do business currently, uh, you know, in our communities 
and how that impacts all of the things, you know, all the aforementioned things that we were speaking about. I mean, the thing that that stuck out for me, and I think this is this goes across all lines, whether you are running your own business, starting to run your own business, um, have a side hustle, or you are going into the office to work for someone else every day. We are constantly, to one degree or another, whether we want to believe it or not, being influenced by and comparing ourselves to other folks. And we don't know where they are on their journey. We don't know what they paid to be there. We don't know if it was luck. We don't know if dumb luck, as my dad would say. We don't know if it was the, 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 an anointing. We don't know a darn thing. A darn and thing. yet we make up, we spend so much time making up stories about how that person got to be where they are. And as the minute you start writing a story for somebody else, I, I have had the experience that it starts to delete, 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 backspace, backspace on the story you're supposed to be writing for you. And it creates wow. a, a brokenness and it creates a brokenness in the environment that you're in. And that doesn't matter if you're the CEO or you're the VP, the managing director, the, the supervisor, the lead, the associate, the assistant. Y'all see how I ran down? It doesn't matter where you sit in your organizational chart, your influence actually matters a great deal because it can have impact on the folks around you. And if you are constantly looking with longing, longing turns to envy, envy turns to a level of sort of distrust and it turns to a level of delusion. Then that's when you, that's when your lips kind of curl up and be like, Oh, here she go again. Here he go again. When it turns yeah. to that, that, creates and perpetuates a brokenness which produces dysfunction which adds to the broken environment that you are in and around which is why y'all know you have worked alongside and some of y'all may be the person who you're like here you go look at betty you know she get her work done but nobody nobody wants to talk to her there but here goes cindy yeah she said she just had a seven-figure year but she don't have friends right And on and on and on because that desire to replicate the perceived success or real of how social media drives our desire to be seen produces that brokenness, that dysfunction, that unhealthy environment. And so what we have got to be thinking about, and I think what removing social media or any of your distractions. So for me, it's my email on my phone. And I wrote about this um, recently where I take an email off my phone was huge for me because I know I'm missing something, but it doesn't matter. Cause if I'm not at my desk to be able to handle it anyway, it's not going to get handled. I'm not doing business by phone. And then the next thing for me was to unfollow all of the folks that were creating that pit in my stomach where I was feeling myself start to compare, even though our stories are not the same, even though our styles might be different. And so that work is constant, which is why You have got to be able to have outside pursuits. You have got to be able to have things that are, um, that are influential to you that matter to you, have significance to you outside of your company, your job, your career, your school, your, your, um, social group sorority, other social groups, et cetera, fraternity, other social groups, et cetera, the Kiwanis club, whatever. Wherever you find that situational power and significance, you have to be able to balance and counter that with something that's just for you. It's so, so important. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. 
Love what you heard? Found a little nugget, but need more? Head on over to kishcamp.com, my masterclass for managers who are ready to do things differently at work and grow their skills so they can lead with confidence. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to take this offline. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think um, something else that I want to touch on uh, that we kind of skipped over is um, it's important to play as an adult. Yes. You talk about um, that a lot. Yes. Like, I think um, that you should play because I think that play invites the innovation and creativity that you need to construct a life that is fulfilling. Mm. I think we are all living. We're all living, right? But, you know, living... Living has many denotations and connotations, but I think, moreover, what we need to do is be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so funny. Uh, So many of us, you know, might describe ourselves as weak or less than, but we have Herculean strength. And it's evidenced by our ability to hold on to the things that no longer serve us. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So we've got the hands of, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a comic book girl. We've got the hands of the Incredible Hulk. Yes. You know, if you're a woman, it's She-Hulk. Okay. We've got the hands of a She-Hulk holding on to all these things. And we're not opening up those hands to jump rope. We're not up and opening up those hands. Mm-hmm. I know you learned how to leather work and crochet at camp in, in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing wrong with bringing that out and actually you know, you see all these videos of people skating and, you know, I've recently picked up my batons again. I'm teaching oh, myself how to pour batons again. And I, you know, I, we, we both go to vocal coaching and, you know, just, just allowing yourself the opportunity to do things that don't have, a, you know, a, an earlier point you make, Kishana, is they don't have a deliverable. Mm-hmm. They don't have a deliverable. They don't have a specific outcome. And it's just for the enjoyment of the thing. You know, and some people like to ride around look at houses or, you know, just go up and tar- up and down in Target, give themselves a $20 budget and see what type of outfit they can put together. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, play, because life is for the living. And no matter what denotation or connotation you assign to the word life and living, you need to move. You need to get out there and enjoy. And I think that that will aid you in opening up your mind and giving yourself the freedom you need to be the best leader and the best captain of your ship, whether that ship is a corporate ship, a nonprofit ship, or an entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Um, so, so what's the last time you played, Kishana? Woo! Just for playing. Sake. And what was it that you did? Yeah, just for playing. Second, what was the activity? What was? What did you play? And then what was the activity? So for I mean, me, when did you play? And what was? When it? did I play? Mm-hmm. So it was a few days ago. I was practicing my piano. I was having a particularly stressful day. My mama got me this like amazing keyboard for Christmas. A shout out to Dawn. Um, and I was just on there, just funky comedina. So I was supposed to be doing my lessons, my hand lessons. It takes me about 20 minutes. I do that every day. And then, y'all, it was the most, I'm home in the house by myself. And I started playing my version of whatever Beethoven 31 or whatever. It probably sounded like <laughs> trash. I cannot imagine what my neighbors, because, um, you know, I've been here in New York City and um, I live in the part of Queens where our houses are pretty close together. And I cannot imagine the hilarity that some neighbor was like, what is happening over there with somebody <laughs> banging on these keys? But y'all couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, do, 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 do. Like, it didn't sound like that, y'all. I just want you to know. It really sounded a lot more like, ting, 
wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dude, dude. Oh, but it was it was it brought me so much pleasure. And then y'all, listen, Michelle. Then I turned on the radio because I just I was having too much fun. And um, you know, one of my favorite artists, Jasmine Sullivan, came out with an album, Hotels, recently. And we can talk about that, child, because that's a part of the leadership journey, too. You know, what what are you saying about yourself in these relationship streets? Um, but one of her songs that she came on with Anderson Pack that I love, I promise you I tried to play that whole song. Um, I was unsuccessful. But, oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. I was in here cracking myself up. I said, wait a minute. So I was like, I'm laughing to myself about myself. Is this the sign of crazy? I don't know. But for me, you know, some people might think, you know, learning to play the piano or, um, or learning to do something is work. But I'm not learning it so I can do a recital on stage for y'all. There's not going to be no lies. It might be one of me pretending to play, but it ain't going to be real. But the idea that I could actually pick up a new skill and it's not attached to anything, that for me was so much fun. Um, and I have to find other ways to do that because, um, just so you know, Rochelle, I was probably a pretty boring kid as my favorite thing in the world to do is curl up with a book. And my brother the other day was teasing me because um, he was calling my name, but I was reading something. And I don't know how many times he must have called call my name, maybe two or three times. And then he was like, Kashana. And I was like, what? Huh? Huh? What? And he was telling another friend of his that I've been doing that since we were little kids, that he used to think I was ignoring him, but I actually was like just deeply engrossed in what I was doing. And so since my favorite thing to do is read, you know, I realized, okay, I got to, I got to find some better ways to play. So playing the piano is real. Once it gets a little warmer here in New York, um, I'm going to get outside. I don't know what I'm going to play because I don't, I'm, you know, my hand, my hand-eye coordination is good for stepping. It's good for winding the waist, but it's not good for sports. <laughs> so there'll be no baton twirling adventures in my future, unless you plan to teach me, in which case it's just going to be for the hilarity of it all, because I probably will look insane. <laughs> but I have to tell you that curling up with the book is play, because you're Ooh. imagining, you know, the book is transporting you to another mm. space. And that's why, that's why when you were deep into the woods of Narnia, or, oh my god! You know that's one of my favorite you, books of all time. What the and entire? You know, and you know that was one of my favorite Christmas tree themes. As mm-hmm. You know, I did one side winter and one side one was side. spring. I love it. But but when you were you know tracing through the woods and you know looking at the the Minotaur and you know play play as Piccolo, um, you you were you were there, and and it requires imagination and it requires mental gymnastics, and that mm-hmm. is play. Um, for me, the last thing that I did this morning is I turned on that hotel and I was dancing. Yeah, I love the song with her and Ari Lennox. Oh, ah, um, yes. Come on, sit on baby, it. I had to look listen. up the lyrics to that thing. Me I too. Said, Wait a minute. Me too. I said, "Oh, it, these young ladies are they old enough to be singing about?" <laughs> baby, it was giving me it was giving me mini Ripperton vibes. You hear me? It's, I said, "Oh my god!" Oh. I said, "Okay." I loved it. I loved it. And so I was in the mirror. I typically dance in the mirror about maybe 20 minutes a day. Um, every time I use the restroom and I wash my hands, I'm playing some beat or hearing some song in my head and I dance mm-hmm. in the mirror. And this is an activity that I used to do all the time as a little girl. Um, but then as a young woman, I remember that it just kind of like tied me into my sensuality and sexuality as a young woman. And I need a little dose of that right now as I am um, knocking on the door 40 and, and begging it to let me in. Um, I, I said, you know what, let me co- reconnect with that side of myself. So I, I try to, I try to get a little dirty wine 
Yeah, you know, in the it, you know, in the mirror, you need it. And, and dance, and and I do like TikToks. Like I, I think I'm a pretty good. I try to pretend as though I'm not a good dancer uh, when I'm in front of people because there. That's another thing that we do. Like those of us that are good at a lot of things, we may sometimes play play these things down because people make comments like, "Oh, she got all the talents and stuff like that," which is very painful to me. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Um. And I'm, I'm like all over all the dances on TikTok. And so I do them all in the mirror, but I would never post them to TikTok. Oh, no. Um, but, but Meanwhile, you'd be I like play. super famous. Yeah. If we cared about this stuff, you'd be famous. Oh, my God. They'd be like, look at her. Because right. so, mama's everywhere right now. Like, well, send, DM me to dance. What dance is it? Let me see it. Right, because, right, right. <laughs> and we, and I think it's funny as as, as grown ups. I think a lot of us, particularly those of us who um, have very visible profiles in one way or another, or be- <laughs> and those of us who believe we have very visible profiles, because some of us actually don't. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. You put down and put aside the very things that bring that uh, bring the light um, to you, and put that like that energy halo around you, and we put it down, mm-hmm. you know, and we start focusing on the sort of like rote everyday things that we believe are going to get us to the goals that we set for ourselves, But I think that we have a responsibility as a leader to really own our leadership. Okay. I said it y'all. I did. It might be, there might be like three episodes where I didn't drop the curse word, but we have to own our leadership. Okay. We have to know like, these are the places that my stuff ain't quite right. These are the things that I need to be able to work on. And then these are the things that I see as opportunities to celebrate. So if you know that you were just a snapping and a snappy and mean, and we can talk about that in a second, I'm going to need you to get your butt in therapy. And I'm going to need you to start to do some things that actually bring a smile to your face. Because maybe if you start seeking pleasure outside of the coin, then you might actually attract the coin to you because people actually want to be around you. Well, you know, Kashana, none of us enjoy the people who are celebrities because they are conformists. Mm, you know, true. we enjoy them because they, because they allow some aspect of their personality to shine so much and it's so unique and it's so interesting to us that we revere them and we, you know, we put place them upon the pedestal of celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody ever got anywhere by being somebody else. And if you do, you know, it's short-lived. It's, it's a flash in the pan because we we value among, above anything else. We value authenticity. And so I'm committing to doing one dance TikTok video this quarter. I'm you, committing. You heard it here first, y'all. And when she does, I'm going <laughs> to update the show notes so that we all can be doing it together. And then it's going to be the Rose Red Challenge if we can do I'll it probably again. Will make my own for sure. I probably will make mm-hmm, my own. That's mm-hmm. a great thing because I love freestyling. I probably will. And I think, and it's not for the celebrity of it. It's because to your point, like do it for you. Take your focus off of, you know, the, the things that don't feed you, which is, you know, that fly by night, you know, acceptance that we see on social and do it for the fun of it. Do it for the laugh. Do it for the enjoyment. Oh my gosh. How good would that be? And I think that that, to me, is the, like the epitome of healthy growth. That when you are thinking about how you should approach growing as a leader, growing as, for us as women, growing as a parent, growing as a partner, growing as somebody's sister, godmommy, somebody's brother, godfather, etc. When you're thinking about growing, approaching it from what is healthy first, even before you tiptoe into it, is so, so, so critical. 
And so being able to approach play and to be able to prioritize play, being able to like hold yourself accountable. And it doesn't mean that this stuff that you and I aren't perfect at it. Okay. Like we, we, it feels like every few weeks we're like, all right, let's touch it again. So we might have to go back to the, the last starting point we were on the last, um, you know, goal line on the field when we realize, oh, we veered off track because we've spent an entire life learning one way and now we're making decisions to learn a new thing. And I think that that is something that is so important. Oftentimes, the hardest thing to do is to decide and to take that first step because you are already seeing all the 37,245 ways that you failed before at this thing or that thing or this other thing. You didn't get this job. You didn't get this promotion. The company that you started failed. You know, your marriage failed. The, we, we, we put so much emphasis on the failure of things that we don't put enough emphasis on the health and the success of things. And starting with that in mind, knowing we're going to have some challenges and there are going to be places that we're going to trip over our shoelaces. But by and large, there is a way for us to impro- approach health. And one of the ways I think that you have to really be thinking about healthy growth and owning your leadership is to surround yourself with a good crew of people. And Rochelle, how have you seen that like sort of just show up, um, particularly as you have uh, grown in your leader leader journey, grown in your as a CEO? How how important is it to surround yourself with a good crew, with a gr- a good connected network of folks who really see you? Wow, it's invaluable because I think what what happens more so than anything is that they become the people who help you get your car out of the street when it stalls. You ever see somebody's mm-hmm. car stalled? And you got like six guys hop out of their car and they're pushing this lady, you know, into the nearest parking lot. Sometimes you really need somebody to get behind your 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 vision, which may weigh a metric ton, like a car, mm-hmm. and, you know, push you out of the road while you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've done that for me and I've certainly done that for you. Mm-hmm. And I think having your community and I think having different communities for different areas of your life is important. But I think especially when it pertains to leadership, you need people who are going to challenge your ideas in yeah. a way that's going to help you innovate and, um, you know, create some process improvement. And you also need people to expose you to other uh, tools and networks and resources to help you grow yourself. And I think um, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable because I think at certain levels of our leadership journey, it's just us and the computer or us mm-hmm. and our notebook. And, and it's really easy to manage at that time because there are no there's nobody, you know, giving you their their subject uh, objective opinion. Exactly. You know, there's nobody there's nobody saying, well, that's one way of doing it. But I read this book that said this, and you know, so sometimes it's hard to hear that your ideas, you know, aren't the holy grail. <laughs> <You> know, but, <laughs> um, but but I, but I think I think having and cultivating and sustaining and being a and, a, and being a reciprocal partner um, with your leadership community. Is, is invaluable if you are indeed concerned about growth. If, you, if you're if you wanting to stay where you are, then you can pretty much, you know, go it alone. But I think if growth is, is, is your desired um, action, then mm-hmm. you definitely need to, you know, carefully curate, yes. <laughs> um, carefully curate, but also uh, participate in and contribute to um, 
your 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 polka dot of leadership support members and people. And make sure you surround yourself with people who can hold you accountable, but don't make you feel like crap. Because there's a whole vibe Ooh. out here in these internet streets where folks get on their soapbox, talking crazy, making you feel like the dirt underneath the dirt under the shoe in a in an effort to help you be better. Like, I'm not for the tearing you down in order to make you better. I do think that oftentimes we have to stop, like hit the button, stop, boop, emergency, and assess and have a conversation. Yeah. But that is different then every time you think that you're taking a step forward, that you have folks who are saying, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Because that... Well, you know, they're leading from trauma. And I just Ooh. jumped in and interrupted no, you. No, go and ahead. I'm go so ahead. sorry. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this, that spoke to my spirit so deeply. Um, you know, sometimes when you see people who you admire and respect and value, but they're doing that, you know, bully pulpit, preachy, mm-hmm. you know, condescending, um, hypercritical thing it's because they're leading from a place of trauma so going back to a previous portion of our conversation where I was talking about how social media can really amplify those insecurities a lot of people build businesses from that space as well you know uh, and I don't believe that the best revenge is your paper I think that's a dope thing to say in the in the song um, you know by Beyonce but I don't think it's real I think the best revenge is your peace um, yes. and it, it really it really when you get that peace it's not even revenge at that point it's just wholeness Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that we respect and value aren't whole. And then sometimes you you have to know there's a there's a service that I offer. Well, I used to offer, and I'm, I'm tweaking it called Soul Level uh, Branding. And then I was like, well, it's not Soul Level Branding; it's Soul Level Being. And what I learned mm-hmm. from um, the beta testing of that program is that a lot of people are even working at companies and working with people that are totally toxic for them. Yeah, totally toxic. And so think about it: if you're letting if you're if you're signing up for a program or if you're you know your leadership circle includes somebody who's going to make you feel marginalized and small because of where you are on your journey, um, that's disturbing you on a soul level, mm-hmm. and so you cannot have those people in your space because that's not going to help you progress. But you also have to be savvy and wise enough and tuned into who you are as a person enough to be able to recognize that and not let them gain admittance into your room. Hmm. Ooh, that's so good. And so, you know, some folks might be listening to us being like that, you know, all of this, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I realized that, but as grown, grown people, we realize that the work doesn't actually stop. It just looks different. It shows up different and it shows differently and it shows up for the type of results that you really want for your life at this time. And so it's so critical to really understand, like, of all the things we talked about today, like, what is your one thing that you know that if you don't make a shift on that thing today, it's a wrap. And so really being able to to get clued in and plugged in. And so, Rochelle, you know, one of the things that I love about the work that you do is that you are, I called you a branding therapist because... In your work with your clients, not only are you helping to usher their brands into the stratosphere on where they need to be and how their companies and organizations should show up in the world, I feel like you also do a lot of like coaching and there's a lot of therapy sessions on the couch because we have such an attachment to how we show up in things and on things that you have to help guide folks through. So, what are you working on right now that 
really lights you up and that really gets people connected to you? Why do people end up coming to you? Oh, um, first of all, thank you for all those glowing things. You know, Kashana saying all those glowing things. Kashana's a wordsmith, y'all. So, um, <laughs> why you know those those of you single males who are in the Fab Crew, you know, I don't get glamored. I don't know. <laughs> don't get glam. Don't get glamored if you look directly into her eyes. It's over for you. <laughs> Step into the light, um, no, Carolyn. Right, right. But no, this is why she's a part of my um, circle uh, because, you know, again, we just feed into each other. Uh, I mean, pour into each other in such a beautiful way. But uh, so right now what I'm working on is feeding my spirit and, and getting me excited is is my company, Rose Red, et cetera. Uh, for a long time, uh, the company was, was pulling me like like it was a like it was a Clydesdale horse, and I was sitting in a you know carriage, mm-hmm. and it was just it was tracing along the bucolic scene of the country, and, and you know, and I was just in the back, just like holding on for dear life and making it happen. And um, last year was the first year that I actually got my hands on the reins, and so it's exciting to me to create a vivid vision for my company, um, and 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 really curate. Who and, and who we're going to be working with, meaning uh, internally team members and then externally clients, um, because I think allowing yourself the ability to uh, get in front of things in your business is is the best gift of all when you're when you're running a business. It's a gift for your team and it's a gift for you because you'll know your direction and and it's very easy, I believe, in the current landscape of business to become derailed by all that beats and words and chirps and um, so now I'm really uh, blessed to have the opportunity to just take a, a giant step back like you're playing red light green light and I could just take a giant step back and, and see what I've created and then also see you know the holes in, in the mortar and, and start mixing up that mortar and plugging those holes in so that uh, I'm building I'm building a company that's sustainable and that that's a joy to experience and a joy mm-hmm. to work in. Um, now, in terms of services, what we are doing is we're doing a lot of um, marketing campaign uh, collateral. So a lot of our clients, uh, just like you, Kishana, are you know prepping for some major things in 2021, like launching of you know book tours and um, you know albums and podcasts and and um, you know opening up corporate headquarters and things of that nature. So we're blessed to be able to support them in creating the visuals that tell the story that they want so that they can attract the audience that they want, not just to, you know, grow their coffers, which is always great. And that's why we're all in business, but to sustain and cultivate a community. Um, So we, we get to help them do that. And it's really rewarding um, because I'm working with some people not all of them, okay, because just to be transparent, but I am working with a lot of people who, who are great listeners and great students and great action takers. And so it feels it feels really awesome to Oh, and you know what? Yesterday was my five year anniversary in business. Oh my gosh. So That's so yeah, amazing. this is like a celebratory podcast. That's yeah. amazing. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. That's so awesome. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I don't know where to start counting my years because Kashana Co has so many different iterations over over time. You know, I did a different business altogether. Then we were LLC. Then we um, became a corporation. I got to go back and figure it out. And I was like, I need to just pick a date. And I, that's I feel like those folks who are like, I don't know when I was born. You're like, what? 
Um, but I, but I love five years is a milestone because the, the number of businesses that close right before the five year mark um, is, is well over 70%. And so I think that it's such a testament to your ability to um, do amazing work and your team's ability to do amazing work. But in this vein, your testament to working on yourself, because I think folks miss the line that when you are actually doing something as huge as um, running an agency, running a company, um, or even as um, small as being on a team that does those things, that it's so critical to take care of yourself if you have any hope of actually being able to thrive and to actually have sustainability in your work. So just really just shout out to that. Listen, y'all, we could talk all day because me and Rochelle have all types of things. We got to come back and talk about these albums because we have to talk about leadership and your your love life. And <laughs> there's all types of stuff we got to talk about. Oh, so let's do it. That's ooh. one that I'm excited about. Yeah. Girl, I love that. Let us know how uh-huh. we can stay connected to you online. Absolutely. So everybody, if you are interested in learning about uh, my recipes, looking at all my photo shoots in the woods, uh, please follow me on the Instagram at Rochelle Sodipo. It's R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E. S as in Sam. O, D as in dog. I, T as in Peter. O. And if you are interested in getting some amazing support for your company or your um, corporations, uh, brand identity and personality, please visit the agency Instagram at R-O-S-E-R-E-B-C-E-T-C. And we're also at com. Thank you again so much, Kashana, for giving me the opportunity to get in front of the fab crew because I know how protective you are about your crew. <laughs> so, I feel, so I feel honored yes. to be able to get in front of the crew. I love it. They're growing worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide fab crew. Hey. <laughs> yes. Come on. Come on. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. All right, friend. On our next episode, we are going to talk about my favorite, great teams. And you don't want to miss it because, listen, it's going to be a doozy. So make sure you hit that subscribe button because I'll be talking to you real soon. singing to me in the morning <laughs> you be singing me these songs <laughs> hey hey come on now <laughs> i'm like girl don't let me drop a tune in this good hair come on now i i i'm not warmed up as you can hear but i can get there yes me 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 <laughs> girl you know the warm-ups don't be nothing like that i'd be so annoyed with that damn cindy this these warm-ups be terrible i'd be like why are you are you torturing me, ma'am? And she'd be like, like, "Stop trying to control your voice. Stop trying to control it. Let it go. Let it go." I'm like, like, "Oh my god, Cindy!" And then I'd be like, "You don't know my life. You don't know my life." Right. Oh my goodness gracious! It is a thing, a thing, a thing. 
I cannot. I tell you, friend, listen, this this whole um this whole podcast thing, girl, I, I need to drink. I'm drinking tea at this moment, but God, can I put some whiskey in it? You had given you, you can put whatever you want. Put whatever you want to in it, because I got some Bombay sapphire sitting in my refrigerator, hey. and I might have to go and make me some passion tea and drop a little dollop in Wait there. Wait a minute, dollop will do you. Come on with a little passion tea with a little dollop of Bombay. That a, do- a dollop will do you. A Ooh. dollop will do you. I love it. Oh my goodness. Um. Okay. So, uh, 